Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about epilepsy. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com or in the neurology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Epilepsy is an umbrella term for a condition where there is a tendency to have seizures. Seizures are transient episodes of abnormal electrical activity in the brain. There are many different types of seizures. A diagnosis of epilepsy is made by a specialist based on the characteristics of the seizure episodes. Let's start by talking about the types of seizures. There are many types of seizures. There are different treatments for epilepsy based on the type of seizures that form that patient's epilepsy. The aim of treatment is to be seizure-free on the minimum anti-epileptic medications. Ideally, they should be on monotherapy with a single anti-epileptic drug. Treatment is initiated and guided by a specialist. Firstly, generalised tonic-clonic seizures. Generalised tonic-clonic seizures are what most people think of as an epileptic seizure. There is loss of consciousness and tonic, meaning muscle tensing, and clonic, meaning muscle jerking, movements. Typically, the tonic phase comes before the clonic phase. There may be associated tongue biting, incontinence, groaning, and irregular breathing. After the seizure, there's a prolonged post-ictal period where the person is confused, drowsy, and feels irritable or low. Management of tonic-clonic seizures is with sodium valproate as the first line, and second line medications are lamotrigine or carbamazepine. Next, focal seizures. Focal seizures start in the temporal lobes. They affect hearing, speech, memory, and emotions. There are various ways that focal seizures can present and they can present with hallucinations, memory flashbacks, deja vu or doing strange things on autopilot. One way to remember the treatment of focal seizures is that the choice of medication is the reverse of the choice for tonic-clonic seizures. So the first line is carbamazepine or lamotrigine and the second line is sodium valproate or alternatively, levetiracetam. Next, we'll talk about absent seizures. Absent seizures typically happen in children. The patient becomes blank, stares into space, and then abruptly returns to normal. During the episode, they are unaware of their surroundings and they won't respond. These episodes typically last 10 to 20 seconds, and most patients, more than 90%, stop having absent seizures as they get older. Regarding management, the first-line medications are sodium valproate or ethosuximide. Next, let's talk about atonic seizures. Atonic seizures are also known as drop attacks. They are characterized by brief lapses in muscle tone. These usually last less than three minutes and they typically begin in childhood. Atonic seizures may be indicative of Lennox-Gastaut syndrome. The first line medication is sodium valproate and the second line is lamotrigine. Next we'll talk about myoclonic seizures. Myoclonic seizures present as sudden brief muscle contractions like a sudden jump. The patient remains awake during the episode and they occur in various forms of epilepsy 
but typically happen in patients as part of juvenile myoclonic epilepsy. Regarding the management, the first-line medication is sodium valproate, and the other options are lamotrigine, levetiracetam, or topiramate. Next, let's talk about infantile spasms. Infantile spasms are also known as West syndrome. This is a rare 1 in 4,000 disorder that starts in infancy at about 6 months of age. It's characterized by clusters of full body spasms. And there's a poor prognosis with 1 in 3 children dying by the age of 25. However, 1 in 3 children will be seizure free by that age. Infantile spasms can be difficult to treat and the first line treatments are with prednisolone and vigabatrin. Finally, let's talk about febrile convulsions. Febrile convulsions are seizures that occur in children while they have a fever. They're not caused by epilepsy or other underlying neurological pathology, such as meningitis or tumours. By definition, febrile convulsions occur only in children between the ages of 6 months and 5 years. Febrile convulsions do not usually cause any lasting damage. One in three children will have another febrile convulsion and having a febrile convulsion slightly increases the risk of developing epilepsy in the future. So let's talk about the investigations and diagnosis of epilepsy. A good history is the key to a diagnosis of epilepsy. It's important to establish that episodes are actually seizures as opposed to vasovagal episodes or febrile convulsions. Try to identify the type of seizure. Patients with a clear history of a febrile convulsion or a vasovagal episode do not require any further investigations. An electroencephalogram, or an EEG, can show typical patterns in different forms of epilepsy and support the diagnosis. Perform an EEG after the second simple tonic-clonic seizure. Children are allowed to have one simple seizure before being investigated for epilepsy. An MRI scan of the brain can be used to visualise the structure of the brain. It's used to diagnose structural pathology that may be associated with seizures and other pathologies such as tumours. It should be considered when the first seizure is in a child under 2 years of age, there are focal seizures or there's no response to first-line anti-epileptic medications. Additional investigations can be considered to exclude other pathology that may cause seizures. For example, an ECG to exclude problems in the heart, blood electrolytes including sodium, potassium, calcium and magnesium, blood glucose levels for hypoglycemia or diabetes, and blood cultures, urine cultures and a lumbar puncture where sepsis, encephalitis or meningitis is suspected. Let's talk about some general advice. Patients and families presenting with seizures need to be given advice about safety precautions, recognising, managing and reporting further seizures. It's important to avoid situations where a seizure may put the child in danger with advice to take showers rather than baths, be very cautious with swimming unless seizures are well controlled and they're closely supervised, be cautious with heights, be cautious with traffic, and be cautious with any heavy, hot or electrical equipment. Older teenagers with epilepsy will need to avoid driving unless they meet specific criteria regarding control of their epilepsy.
These rules change frequently, so it's always worth looking them up if you're advising patients. Let's talk about the anti-epileptic drugs. There are a number of maintenance anti-epileptic drugs that work by raising the seizure threshold and reducing the likelihood of a patient having a seizure. These will be initiated, monitored and titrated by a paediatric specialist with expertise in epilepsy. Let's talk about sodium valparate. Sodium valparate is the first line option for most forms of epilepsy except focal seizures. It works by increasing the activity of GABA, which has a relaxing effect on the brain. Notable side effects of sodium valparate include teratogenicity, which is very important as it can be very harmful in pregnancy, so patients need careful advice about contraception. It can also cause liver damage and hepatitis, hair loss and a tremor. There have been a lot of warnings about the teratogenic effects of sodium valparate and the NICE guidelines have updated in 2018 to reflect this. It now needs to be avoided in girls unless there's no suitable alternative and strict criteria are met to ensure they do not get pregnant. Next we'll talk about carbamazepine. This is the first line for focal seizures. Notable side effects are agranulocytosis, aplastic anemia, and induction of the P450 system in the liver, so there are many drug interactions. Next, phenytoin. This has notable side effects of folate and vitamin D deficiency, megaloblastic anemia due to the folate deficiency, and osteomalacia due to the vitamin D deficiency. Next, ethosuximide. This has notable side effects of night terrors and rashes. And finally, lamotrigine has notable side effects of Steven Johnson syndrome or DRESS syndrome, which are life-threatening skin rashes, and also leukopenia. Let's talk about management of seizures. The first priority is to put the patient in a safe position, for example on a carpeted floor. Place them in the recovery position if this is possible. Put something soft under their head to protect against head injury. Remove obstacles that could lead to injury. Make a note of the time at the start and the end of the seizure so that you know how long the seizure lasted. And also call an ambulance if the seizure is lasting more than 5 minutes or this is their first seizure. Finally, let's talk about status epilepticus. Status epilepticus is an important condition you need to be aware of and how to treat, as it's a medical emergency. It's defined as seizures lasting more than five minutes or more than three seizures in an hour. Management of status epilepticus in hospital involves taking an ABCDE approach. Firstly, you need to make sure the airway is secure. Then give high concentration oxygen, assess the cardiac and the respiratory function, check blood glucose levels, gain intravenous access by inserting a cannula, and give IV lorazepam, which can be repeated after 10 minutes if the seizure is persisting. When the seizures continue, the final step is an infusion of IV phenobarbital or phenytoin. At this point, intubation and ventilation may need to be considered in order to secure the airway along with transfer to the paediatric intensive care unit.
Medical options for managing status epilepticus in the community whilst you're waiting for an ambulance to arrive include buccalmidazolam or rectal diazepam. And in children who have recurrent seizures at home, these may be prescribed for parents to use after suitable training. So thanks for listening to this episode on epilepsy. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. You can also find full audiobook versions of the Zero to Finals books on Audible. And you can find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free at zerotofinals.com. And I hope you tune in for the next episode where we'll talk about febrile convulsions.